The New York Islanders and the Florida Panthers open the 2022-2023 season tonight at the UBS Arena. And we have a special crossover episode. I'm Gil Martin. He is Armando Velez. We'll preview both team seasons and the game tonight, all coming up on this special crossover episode of Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Islanders. Your Locked On Islanders, your daily podcast on the New York Islanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to this special crossover episode of Locked On Islanders and Locked On Florida Panthers. I am Gil Martin, and with me is the host of Locked On Florida Panthers, Armando Velez. I want to, first of all, take the time to thank everybody for making Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Armando, I am extremely excited to get the season started. I know we were joking uh, before the show uh, a little bit yesterday that our teams already have games in hand. On some of the other teams, since uh, a lot of teams started Tuesday, some teams, even two teams started in Prague over the weekend. Finally, tonight, we get to start the season. Are you excited? I'm very excited. And and for the Islanders, they're not starting 13 um, straight games on the road this time around. The NHL did them favors in order to get them the very first uh, home game of, of the season it, it, as the season opener for this season. So, Good good news for, for the Islanders on, the, on that part. Yeah, four games in a row at home to open up this year. A far cry from what happened, as you mentioned, a year ago. Armando, let's start segment one focusing on the Florida Panthers winning the President's Trophy a year ago. But a lot of changes uh, on this team, starting with a new coach, some new high-profile players. Let's start with the coaching situation. What's going to be different this year? And how is the coaching change going to affect the product and the style of hockey that we see on the ice? Well, with with, with the Panthers last year getting them to 122 points and the best offensive season since the 1996 Penguins, that was more of a, a running gun style for, for the Panthers and and how they got to the, the, that uh, that offensive production. With with a with a mediocre uh, defense, but their their offensive uh, how they were on the offensive end uh, kind of masked a lot of things as well. But hey, Sergey Bobrovsky also had a great season. Let's not let's also not uh, for, forget how great of a season he had in his third season with the Panthers. But a little bit of a different change uh, for for Paul Maurice as they're looking to be more of a defensive responsible team, uh, responsible in the neutral zone as well. Uh, and you know it, it's a, it's going to be a little different. Of course, Andrew Burnett has moved on to to New Jersey now is the assistant coach there, and it, it's a little different because he Paul Maurice has a reputation of kind of overplaying uh, his uh, his top players as far as minutes, and you know it's it's already starting off with with what we saw last year in a line of Lundell, Reinhardt, and Mason Marchment. Now Reinhardt is slated to go on the first line starting starting the season. 
I, I actually want to read the lines to you and what the expected lines are going to be for t- for tonight's matchup. Get that out of the way. So the lines for New York Islander fans to look at to look for is Verhage, Barkov, Reinhardt, Matthew Kachuk, Sam Bennett, Rudolph Balsers, Etulus Duranen on the wing, which is going to be something new because he was the fourth line center last year. Anton Lindell and Colin White. And fourth line is Ryan Lomberg, Nick Cousins, and Patrick Hornquist. Defense appearance, Gus Forzing, Aaron Ekblad, Mark Stahl, Brandon Montour, and Josh Mahura, and Radko Gudis. And Paul Maurice did announce that the opening night starter for the Panthers will be Sergei Bobrovsky, as expected. Uh, he's the veteran on, on, on in the in, as far as the goalie tandem. Of course, Spencer Knight was signed to that three-year extension. But Bob is going to get an opportunity to continue to show that he was the number one guy like he w- did last year. Were you surprised at all the personnel turnover that took place during this offseason? I really was because uh, when, when it comes to the core of hockey teams, for the most part, you, you saw how the constant failures of the Tampa Bay Lightning and they continued to run it back. The Pit, the Pittsburgh Penguins, even though the even though. Sidney Crosby won a cup very early in his career that there was a there's a sense of a plateau for the Pittsburgh Penguins on them not getting a a Stanley Cup for almost a decade even the Washington Capitals before they eventually before they eventually won they they didn't really break up the the core neither so when Jonathan Huberto was shipped out for Matthew Kachuk and and Mackenzie Weger, let's not forget Mackenzie Weger. No. Uh, that that was a big shock because I, I was thinking Huberto, Barkoff, and Ekblad are three homegrown players, both top three picks in in four seasons, and I thought it was it was going to be a, a group that they ran it back. But of course, Bill Zito, I, I think of it like this: Bill Zito wasn't the guy who drafted these guys, so there there isn't as much of that emotional connection to them as someone like Dale Talon when, when he was here in Florida. But I just think of it as an opportunity to just extend the window because if, if, if the Panthers had extended Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger, it, it n- number one, it would have been really hard to with seeing the cap hits that they have now. It, it would have been, there would have been to have to sacrifice two or three more players in order to fit both of them. But also that gives it that would have put Florida's window to like maybe one or two years. Yeah, they're taking a step back, but this is about building something for four, five, six years. And it's going to be some short term pain, something I've talked about all season. But the hope is now with about just under 11 million in cap space for next offseason, even though they're in a cap crunch this year, this is going to be something that Bill Zito is looking for as far as flexibility flexibility is the name of the game that bill zito always wants to maintain you mentioned matthew kachuk obviously one of the bigger acquisitions this offseason how has he done in the preseason and where does he fit into this team's plans he hasn't played too much in the preseason played in that for in that second game in uh, in that in their split squad game between the Panthers and the Predators missed the last part of the preseason due to minor injuries, but Palmery said that it was never going to be something that would keep him out out of the lineup for opening night. And the the team hasn't really had a full lineup together throughout the preseason. Patrick Hornquist has also missed a little bit of time as well. Carter Verhage has missed a little bit of time uh, too, and Colin White as well. So there there may, maybe I see it more as maintenance for these guys, but but. 
Matthew Kachuk, he's going to be paired up uh, with Sam Bennett on on the on the second line, uh, along with Rudolph Balsers. He's going to be, and Rudolph Balsers is a guy who is known as a as a grinder. Uh, he he had a his best season last year with San Jose, and usually Bill Zito gets these guys that that have kind of a chip on their shoulder. And over the last three years that he's been he's been here, he's gotten guys that have helped. Uh, get them to the next level, and Matthew Kachuk being reunited with Sam Bennett from their days in Calgary—it's it, a—it's a—it's a plus because they know each other's games, and of course, the uh, Sam Bennett—he's—he's he's resurged uh, his his career his career as well. Uh, he's only played around eighty regular season games with the Panthers, and he's about a point a game through throughout those eighty regular season games. He he was almost a thirty goal scorer. Uh, this year, I know he had a forty goal scorer last year on his line in Elias Lindholm, but don't don't sleep on Sam Bennett. Uh, he definitely definitely a guy that that Matthew Kachuk can because of past history that could be a very valuable second line. Of course, uh, there he's also going to be on power play one, and he them him and Huberto are two completely different players when it comes to what they do. Huberto is more of a distributor. Matthew Kachuk is a guy who mostly crashes around the net and and goes for like rebound opportunities as well. So th- that's a little bit of a difference in in what Mc- Matthew Kachuk brings versus Jonathan Huberdeau. Uh, and it's funny because I was just listening to Thirty Two Thoughts yesterday, and Jeff Merrick spoke about how and and this is and I kind of agree with him. The 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 Panthers are likely going to miss Mackenzie Weger more than Jonathan Huberdeau this season oh, yeah. because that's the that's the part of the Panthers that is probably the weakest part of their lineup in, in the decor. I agree with you, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how that happens. Uh, we're going to give you a chance to ask me some questions in just a moment. And, of course, we will both have our predictions and our what to look for in tonight's game. So lots more to come here on this special crossover episode of Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Islanders. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you could find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf, and of course now, hockey. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On New York Islanders podcast your first listen today on this crossover edition of our shows. Um, Gil Martin with me, Armando Velez, and Gil. The the questions that I have for you is really about how this offseason was w- was conducted by Lou Lamorello and, and the front office. Uh, for weeks and weeks and weeks, there was not a single move, free agent s- signing for what Lou Lamorello was doing. The New York Islanders were rumored to possibly be in the Nazem Kadri sweepstakes. Of course, he ends up signing in Calgary. And then Lou Lamorello was just sitting on a few signings, but not officially announced uh, of um, Alexander Romanov, Kiefer Bellows, and Noah Dobson all announced on the same day. 
and and a lot of people the the, the talk was is Lou Lamorello kind of out of touch with 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 this age of of the NHL. I mean, he's been a he's been in the in the front office before I was even born. So <laughs> I got I got to ask you, Gil, what what is the what is the feeling and trust of this front office right now for Lou Lamorello? You know, the the fan base was definitely frustrated. I mean, there were rumors about so many different goal scoring forwards possibly coming you mentioned Kadri uh there were rumors about Kachuk there were rumors uh, of a trade for Vladimir Tarasenko uh you name it if there was a guy out there at some point there were rumors that the Islanders might just be interested in acquiring that player and yet none of it happened and yeah I think there is concern among a large part of the fan base that says that you know, whatever Lou's doing, it isn't working very well right now because they still want to see this team get better. And last year, we know that the uh, Islanders were a little challenged offensively. They've never been since Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello took over a very high caliber offensive minded team. But, you know, acquiring that player in a hockey trade or in a free agent signing would have been a big step forward for this team. They didn't take it, and there is a level of frustration right now. Yeah, absolutely. But and thankfully for for the New York Islanders, uh, they were able to extend uh, Matthew Barzell. Uh, of course, uh, started off hot over a point per game in his in the 2018 season, which was the same exact year that Alexander Barkov, for the most part, broke out and and really turned into like one of the big stars in the in the NHL. But little bit of the, the production was slowed down a little bit over the last few years. And, but w- what is the feeling on the extension of Matthew Barzell at 9.15? I think most fans were relieved and happy. Uh, if the, you know, after losing John Tavares and not mm-hmm. being able to attract that big ticket free agent, you know, locking up your most dynamic offensive player, even if he did have a bit of an off year, the last year uh, was a big relief. You know, Barzi had already indicated he wanted to stay on Long Island, play for the Islanders his entire career. The team certainly couldn't afford to lose him based on, you know, their lack of offensive firepower. I, I, I think both sides need to get something done to make this deal work. I think the Islanders need to surround Barzal with a little more talent and Barzal needs to maximize his ability into more production, but you know what? It, 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 the deal doesn't kick in this year. It actually kicks in next year. Cause it was an extension. I would say by year three or four, assuming the cap continues to go up, the deal will be a bargain relative to what other star players are making. The question is, does Barzal live up to it? If he does, I think they'll overpay him the first couple of years and underpay him the last few years of the deal. So it's probably right where it should be. Mm-hmm. And Matt, and Matthew Barzell is still pretty, pre, still pre, a pretty young hockey player. So definitely a, a, an opportunity for him to get some value out of it. Daily faceoff, from what I saw, has him in on the second line with Zach Parise and Kyle Palmieri. From what I saw, uh, I mentioned earlier Alexander Romanov, more of a defensive defenseman that they acquired, and some of the losses from the last few seasons that got them to their back-to-back Eastern Conference final appearances. 
Uh, Jordan Eberle claimed off the off the expansion draft from the Seattle Kraken, trading Devontae's uh, last year for uh, I, I I believe one or two second round picks. Uh, two, two, yeah. uh, and and eventually winning a Stanley Cup. So a lot of that, a lot of the pieces that that, that brought them to their back to back Stanley Cup um, Eastern Conference final appearances. A few of them are gone, but a few are still here. And we spoke last season about the most disappointing uh, player, Kyle Palmieri. Uh, What are you expecting out of Kyle Palmieri uh, this year for the New York Islanders? Well, you know, to me, Kyle Palmieri is going to be one of those players who make or break this season offensively. I had mentioned on Locked on Islanders that the Islanders probably need to add 40 goals over the number they scored a year ago to realistically clinch a playoff spot and and have a good chance to go on that long playoff run. Palmieri was a top six forward almost all year, 15 goals. He had only one goal in his first 29 games. Mm -hmm. That's not going to get it done. You need a minimum of 20 and probably 25 goals, especially if, if he's playing on a line with Matthew Barzal from a Kyle Palmieri. Otherwise, at $5 million a year, you're way overpaying him for second or third line production. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I've seen uh, uh, on uh, the reporter for NYI Hockey Now, it says uh, it's saying that Oliver, Oliver Wallstrom is likely to be a scratch for uh, opening night uh, as he's uh, progressing through an injury from what I've uh, seen. So we're likely not going to see all of Oliver Wallstrom. But one 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 question I also gotta uh, gotta ask. Uh, I I think I really do believe that Ilya Sorokin can really challenge for for the for the Vesna Trophy this year. I mean, just the state of New York hockey with the Rangers with Shesterkin and Sorokin for uh, for the New York Islanders. I think I think that there's a chance that Ilya Sorokin can can really challenge for the Vesna Trophy th- this year. How, how about yourself? I agree. He is, you know, right in his prime age wise. He's got a team that still, even with Lane Lambert taking over as head coach, they're still a defense first kind of a system. And, you know, you mentioned uh, Shesterkin. He and Sorokin are friends. They're both Russians. You have the Rangers Islanders rivalry. Like for the next five to 10 years, I could just see that personal rivalry and the rivalry between the two teams getting more intense. But yeah, Sorokin, if the if this Islander team plays solidly in front of him, he should be a, a finalist for the Vesna. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and last question. Uh of course, it's funny because I kind of went back to our crossover during the it was in April, the Panthers' one and only uh, trip to UBS Arena last year, which Alexander Barkov got a hat trick and including the game winner in, in that one. And I was saying, I said at the time that I thought that Barry Trotz's job was safe, and you agreed with me. Uh, and of course, catching the the biggest shock of of the offseason coaching wise was Barry Trotz being let go. Uh, and also credit to Barry Trotz for taking some time off in order to spend with his family and taking a little bit break from coaching after doing it for so long. But my my question goes to uh, about Lane Lambert, uh, an assistant on the staff. Uh, my question is how much of how much of the influence of Trotz is still going to how much of it is going to remain in, for this Islanders team, 
But what do you think is going to be different as he tries to implement his style of play? Great question. I, I think the overall philosophy is going to be the same, but I think we'll see some tweaks. And I think Lane Lambert is what we've seen in the preseason so far. He's a little more willing to let players try to create offensively than Barry Trotz is. Now, most coaches are more willing to let other you know, their players create more than Barry Trotz is. No, nothing against Trotz. He's been so successful over the years. So I, I think, you know, it'll be calculated chances taken, but I think we'll see more of them. And that is another factor as to how and, you know, the Islanders could pick up some of those 40 goals I talked about. Yeah. And, and that, that's the, that's the hope uh, for, for the Islanders for sure, because, who knows? Who knows how Washington can look this this season because they're getting a little older. Pittsburgh's getting a little older. They they ran it they ran it back. I still think that Carolina and New York are going to be like one and two. But hey, you, if if New York gets the offensive production that that they have that they have been looking for, may, maybe this this is a is, is a team that could be possibly for a wild card or even in the top three because I'm I. I in the beginning of the offseason, I was saying that the Atlantic Division. I thought that there was going to be three playoff, three playoff teams, and then the wild card, possibly for the Metropolitan. Maybe, maybe with what Ottawa is doing, uh, maybe they can sneak in. But hey, uh, there's an, and also with Boston uh, and them getting older and them dealing with their injuries that they they've been dealing. Maybe an opportunity for the Islanders, uh, definitely to possibly uh, get in the mix here for. For in in the in the postseason, but in in segment number three, Gil and I are going to discuss our predictions of tonight's matchup between the New York Islanders and the Florida Panthers, and we are going to discuss really forecasting more of the season. We're going to discuss that next on this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On New York Islanders. All right, so we are back. And uh, Armando, stylistically, how do you see the Panthers approaching this opening game on the road against the Islanders? I I think as far as uh, the approach, I think I still think that at the Florida Panthers' core, that they are still one of the the best offensive teams in, in the league. And there's a chance that they may, might be in a lot of high-scoring games, in, in the in as far as this season, and that can be a very dangerous place to be for for the Panthers. Uh, maybe not in Thursday's game specifically, but it can definitely it could definitely be a little bit of a concern as, as the season goes on, and people, especially in especially in Sergei Bobrovsky's first two years, they, they scored a lot of goals, but they gave up a lot of goals as well. That, that, that went down a lot in, in year number three, but we might be going back a little bit to years one and two, even though I don't want it to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but of course, this is the, this is the short-term sacrifice that, that we spoke about in segment one about short-term pain for lo- hopefully long-term gain for, for the Panthers. So I think that this is going the the Panthers are going to score. They're still going to score goals. Um, 
Matthew Kachuk for at age 24 was coming off a 104 point season. Alexander Barkov, I know he missed 15 games last season, but he it was on his point pace was at 110 in an 82 game season. Sam Reinhart started slow last year, but now he's 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 in his second year in in the system uh, for the Panthers. Carter Verhage was one of those diamond those diamonds in the rough that. Bill Zito got of along with Gus Forzing. Gus Forzing's point production is going to go up, being paired with Ekblad. That that's almost automatic. And Anton Lindell, second year in the in the league now, hopefully making that jump. Uh, you know, with with the Panthers, uh, they they also have players who are have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Colin White uh, has felt has dealt with a lot of injuries. Uh, got bought out by Ottawa. The the Florida Panthers decided to give him a chance. Ryan Lomberg, his uh, his games as far as games played uh, around the thirties in his first season as a Panther and around the fifties and in, in his second year. So chances are the Florida Panthers are not going to str- scratch him as much uh, this season as the, as they did last season, as they, as last season, who, who knows, maybe Ryan Lombard becomes a 15 to 20 goal scorer. So they're going to score a lot. Uh, it, the, the, the issue is uh, defending. So in this specific game, this specific one, I'm going to say the Florida Panthers will come out with a W on, on the road and the, the schedule as far, and there's only so much that you could see from last season, as far as who you have on your schedule, it's very favorable as far as team results from last season, because they have the Blackhawks, the Islanders twice, Boston, who who's had their fair share of injuries, Buffalo, who's rebuilding. At least those are the teams on the top of my head um, <laughs> because I just went over the schedule just like a few days ago. Uh, but the, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's very important for the Panthers to come off to a good start with, with Matthew Kachup just coming into the mix. But I'm going to say that the Florida Panthers will come out with a win on opening night on the road. But it's, it's, it's still, for me, even with a, with a, with a win on Thursday – this is still going to be a, a Panthers team that we're going to have to kind of see more of whether they can keep pucks out of, out of their net. So I'm going to go maybe like a score of like maybe 4-2 mm-hmm. uh, on the road. That I'm going to say like a 4-2 final. Sounds like a reasonable prediction to me, but uh, I, I look at it differently. I, I think the Islanders – are going to be very eager to get off to a good start this season. Uh, A new coach, obviously. So head coaching debut for Lane Lambert after paying his dues for so long in this league under Barry Trotz. Uh, And I I think that long slump in November last year, partially due to the long road trip, largely due to so many players being out with COVID – they know they can't get off to a slow start again this year. There's confidence at stake. Uh, you know, you can't win the Stanley Cup in October and November, but you could fall out of contention and lose it in October and November. It happened last year. I think the Islanders will be very conscious of not letting it happen again. The arena should be buzzing for opening night, uh, 50th anniversary season for the Islanders. Um I think Alexander Romanov will be eager to show what he can do. And I think fans will love this kid for his physicality and the style of hockey that he plays. And I think that the Islanders team defense does the job and their offense does just enough. I'm looking at a three to two game in favor of the New York Islanders. Mm. 
And and it, and it's important. And you spoke about coming going out of contention uh, in November when when things happen, and there was a lot of confidence too that around national writers, at least from what I've seen last year, saying the Islanders they they have the experience, they have all these games in hand, they're gonna find a way to catch up. But there's only so much catching up you can do when you're playing so many games in so many days and then your legs get tired, all the travel, the mental grind, being in a different city, then going back home, then going on another road trip. That takes a mental toll, uh, um, um, probably more than a physical toll in, in that aspect. And and it's it's hard for players to 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 consistently go through that. And of course, I, I, I can understand I can understand why it's so important, because now it feels like a little bit of a sense of normalcy now for for the New York Islanders. I mean, the Arizona Coyotes are going to go through a little bit of it this season, but not as much as uh, as the as the New York Islanders. I think they're. I think Arizona's home opener is in like next week or the week after, I believe. Yeah. So they're not going to have as much of an extended road trip, and not not saying that we're past COVID because we're definitely not. No, no. But as far as as the normalcy and and how we've adapted to it, where we're and the NHL is not going to lose. Uh, they're 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 not going to lose an, a lot a, a lot of revenue this this season with the TV deal and with and with and with uh, rescheduling. It's going to feel like a sense of normalcy now now for not only the New York Islanders for the rest of the NHL. I hope so. We certainly all could use it. There's no question about that. I want to. Thank everybody for making Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge to keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. It's available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. Armando, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to opening night tonight and Looking forward to doing another one of these with you next time the Panthers and the Islanders get together. Absolutely, Gil. Thank you so much, and I can't wait. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening, and of course, let's go Islanders.